give.
when I enter heaven's glory and I see my Savior's face, I will offer him ten thousand years of praise. Then I'll find that special one in whose life I saw God's Son. And through tears of joy, with trembling lips, these words I'll say, I saw Jesus in you, I saw Jesus in you, I could hear his voice in the words you said, I saw Jesus in you. In your eyes I saw His care, I could see His love was there. You were faithful, and I saw Jesus in you. When I stand before my Father to receive my life's reward and my soul is bathed in God's eternal day. When this race on earth is run and God sees the works I've done more than anything I long to hear my Father say, I saw Jesus in you, I saw Jesus in you, I could hear his voice in these words, he said, I saw Jesus in your eyes I saw his care I could see his love was there you were faithful and I saw Jesus in you you were faithful and I saw Jesus in you Amen Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful song. Praise the Lord. I love that. That's great. It's, it's not that the Lord has demanded that we look a certain way or that we achieve a certain status, but that we be faithful and that we yield ourselves to the Lord and in uh, our lifetime. May it be that someone will see Jesus in us. Amen. In your bulletin, open your bulletin up. There are just two verses in the chorus of that song that I think I learned back when I was in high school. Let's talk about Jesus. Join me. Let all the world proclaim. It's right there in there. The power and majesty of such a wondrous name. 
the babe of Bethlehem, the bright and morning star. Let's sing His praises near and far. Now the chorus. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is He, the Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity. The great I am the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Let's talk about Him some more. Verse 2. Let's talk about Jesus. The bread of life is He, the Savior of the world, that man of Galilee, the prophet, priest, and king, the mighty God is He, the well of living water free. Come on, smile and sing. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is He, the Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. If that doesn't make you feel good or at least feel better, there's something wrong with you. Amen. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. You know, the more you talk about Jesus, the more the world's going to see Jesus in you. The more you allow Jesus Christ to have control of your life, the more they're going to see Jesus in you. What is it that you talk about most? What is it that you think about most? It ought to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. On the front of your bulletin, there is a picture of what somebody thinks it may have looked like when the Queen of Sheba came to see King Solomon. Now, I don't know what you know about King Solomon. He is the son of David. He began to rule at 20 years of age. He wrote the Proverbs when he was very young. He wrote the Song of Solomon. He wrote Ecclesiastes when he was old. And uh, we even have a psalm by him. So he was a writer. He did not know how to lead God's people when he was just 20 years of age. And so he asked God for an understanding heart. And God gave him wisdom above every other person. He didn't always use it, but he always had it available. You know what? God gives us what we need. Amen? We don't always use it the right way, do we? But he gives us what we need. Everything you and I could ever require, God offers to us. So don't go giving me this sad story about I don't have this and I don't have that. Are you a child of God? Come on, say amen. amen. If you're a child of God, has He promised to take care of you? Amen. amen. Does God keep His word? Amen. Don't come telling me about what you haven't got. Unless it's an exercise that God wants you to go through to pray. And you know why sometimes we're sick and sometimes we're needy and sometimes we haven't got it? You know why that is? Because we haven't been in His presence. We haven't come into His presence in a thankful and grateful way like we ought to in a very long time. And He says, you know what? i got a plan to get them into my presence. And here you go, alright? And you, you might be trying to classify or, or qualify or name or designate whatever it is that's making you sniffle today, but it may be the Lord getting you to pray. Maybe getting him in, in, you into His presence where we ought to be. Praise the Lord. He does not allow us to go around being a bad advertisement as His child. He won't allow us to do that 
unless because of our sin we're being chastised. Otherwise, i got news for you. There's enough of everything that you need available through the riches that Jesus Christ has and offers us. Amen. I want you to turn in 1 Kings with me to this passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it. We're going to pray. We're going to take a New Testament Scripture. We're going to believe what God says. All right. I've got my Bible. I've got it right here. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. If you believe it, say, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe it contains no mistakes. I believe it contains no mistakes. God helping me. God helping me. I'm going to try to obey it. All right. 1 Kings chapter 10. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, it went everywhere. This is before IT. Whatever they had back then before IT. I don't know. They might have just had, they might have had just, T. I don't know if they had IT. But before they had IT, the fame of Solomon spread concerning the name of the Lord. Isn't it great that that's the first thing that leads off? And she came to prove him or test him with hard questions. You ever get that, believers on the job? Ever get that at school, kids? Hard questions. Well, if there's a God, how come there's so many people dying? If there's a God, how come so many people suffer? If there's a God, why didn't I get all my prayers? I quit believing in God. I'll show him. Now, I'm sad. I'm sure the Lord's heart is burdened because you decided that you weren't going to dial His number anymore because you didn't get what you wanted. But that is no reason to think He's not there. He's absolutely there. All right. So she came to prove Him, test Him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Let me stop right here. There's no historic evidence to indicate that she and Solomon had a liaison, they had a baby between them. Now, mythology and tradition will tell you different things, but the Bible doesn't indicate that. There's nothing in actual hard history that indicates that. She was just coming as a monarch, a a monarch of a country, and, and Sheba is either in southern Arabia or it's Ethiopia or maybe some other place we don't know, but, but the fact of the matter is, she was lower on the totem pole as far as fame and power and, and, uh, and wealth. But she came because she'd heard so much about him. I want to check this king out. And she came. So all we know is that they met. All right. Now notice this. And Solomon told her all her questions. Notice he answered her. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom in the house that he had built and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up. I mean, just the steps he walked up. Unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. I mean, it just blew her away. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Now that's on the front of your bulletin. The half was not told me. The half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men. Happy. Now, remember, happiness is not our goal in life. Happiness is based on what happens. But it's wonderful as a bonus above the blessings of being faithful to God and the blessings that are received in return for being faithful, there's also some happiness. In addition to joy, there is some happiness. 
I would be lying to you if I told you that the normal Christian life is just going to be sad all the time. Now, some of the people who have been the happiest have suffered the most. And why is that? Because they've got their perspective right. It's what they've decided to be. It's what they've decided to be. Now, the joy is what we emphasize. The joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And joy is what comes from within because God indwells every person in the person of the Holy Spirit. Every person that's saved has the Holy Spirit. That's where the joy comes from. When your joy level gets low, His joy fills you up. And praise the Lord. You can go on your way singing and rejoicing. And she's saying, you know what? I looked around and not only is everything buttoned up and everything going just right and everything organized and everything is way beyond what I imagined, and yet your servants are happy. They're happy. Got to ask you, are you a servant of God? If you are, say amen. amen. But, now here's the question. Can people look at you and say, you know, this is something I'd like to kind of try. Or are you the kind of person they say, you know what? I found out what their problem is. They're a Christian. I found out what their problem is. They go to such and such a church. I found out what their problem is. You know, people are so foolish, they'll go from church to a restaurant, a public place, and sit there, and they'll tear down other Christians or the pastor or the church or whatever and criticize. And what they've just done is they have absolutely slammed the door on some server and sent him or her to hell. Say, preacher, that's awful hard talk. No, it isn't. It's factual. It's factual. Now, I'm not, not asking you to make up things. I'm just asking you, you know, you don't have to go out there and do that. You don't have to be negative before the world. There are people who come here all the time, and, and I don't, for the life of me, know why they come here other than perhaps curiosity or they know I'm sincere. There was a lady who came to church for a long time in California, and I questioned her. She didn't believe a thing I preached. She didn't believe a thing I believed, but she said, I come here because you believe it. I come here because I'm looking for some place where somebody actually believes what they're saying. She eventually got saved, and I baptized her. But, you know, when she came, she didn't come because she agreed. She came because she found somebody who believed what he was talking about. And there are people who come here, not a great number of them, but there are people who come here. They don't have a lot of good to say about us. And you know what? That doesn't keep me awake at nights. I am concerned about the testimony of the church. I am concerned that people get it right. But I know this, they hated Jesus before they hated us. That's the way it goes. But there can be some happiness, there can be some joy, can't there? Amen. All right, so moving on. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made, thee, made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold. That's a lot of gold. And of spices and very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir, brought from Ophir great plenty of almug trees. Now those of you who say, no, it should be all gum trees, therefore the King James Version needs to be uh, retranslated. There are both almug and all gum trees in this world. Just want to let you know that. So shut it down, all of you that don't know what in the world you're talking about. Almug trees and precious stones, and the king made of the almug trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house harps, also for the psalteries, for singers, there came no 
such almug trees nor were seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Let's pray. Father, fill me now with the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us in the moments which follow to preach the Word with power, uh, with the authority that comes with the Word of God. And help us, Lord, as we preach, to be your vessel so that somebody might be saved, that somebody might determine to follow you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Over in Philippians, as Paul sat in a jail and had suffered the loss of many things for the cause of Christ, he wrote words of rejoicing to the Philippians. In Philippians chapter 4, he talks about their generosity. They themselves were persecuted. They themselves were suffering and were lacking, but they had given out of their poverty. And it says in verse number 10 of Philippians chapter 4, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do how many things? All things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have well done that in that ye did communicate with my affliction. You gave. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit. I desire results, souls that may abound to your account, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now here it is, verse 19. Read it with me. We're talking about Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Ready? Begin. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now look at me. Does God ever lie? No. Does God tell the truth? Yes. Does He say He's going to supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Yes. Put your finger on that and claim that. I'm not talking about name it and claim it. I'm not talking about, about um, you know, a prosperity kind of false preaching. But I'm talking about God saying that He's going to take care of us. Now the picture that we have in the Old Testament that we have just also spoken concerning in the New is that the Queen of Sheba who was lower on the totem pole, came to King Solomon and he answered her questions. He, he proved himself, passed her test in every respect. She found him to be the real deal. And she saw what others were experiencing because of Solomon. And she gave to him, but he gave her in bounty, in, in great amounts. We have a picture here. We have a picture in which Solomon pictures, represents our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have a Solomon. His name is Jesus Christ. The Queen of Sheba represents those from 
Many different places, many different backgrounds. You don't have to be from that part of the world. But we are representative of the nations of the world, individuals as we are, families as we are. And we come to our Solomon and we seek to know the truth. We seek to have our questions answered. We seek to see if he's the real deal. He then, after we give, he, he supplies all of our needs. He takes care of us. And that is a picture of what Jesus Christ does for you and does for me. You can put yourself in the place of the Queen of Sheba today. You can likewise put Jesus Christ in the place of Solomon. And I got to tell you that there is nothing that's been said in testimony about the Lord Jesus Christ that can be exaggerated. I know there are some people that probably have told a fib, told a lie, and probably have not told the truth, but the, the, this is a fact, that you can't, you cannot form in words a complete and adequate testimony of all who Jesus is and all that He desires to be in your life and every need that He desires to meet. I remember the song that the singers used to sing, He's more than wonderful. He is more. Wonderful is quite a word, but He's more than wonderful. The Queen of Sheba saw it with her own eyes. She experienced it. His wisdom, the house He had built, the meat of His table, the sitting of His servants, the attendance of His ministers, their apparel, His cupbearers, His ascent by which He went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. Blown away, totally. And she says, it's a true report. There is nothing, nothing that was said that was exaggerated. It was all true. And on top of that, your people are happy. The ones that are serving. There is joy in serving Jesus. There's a, you can have a good time serving Jesus. Better than, than any good time the world, the flesh, and the devil ever offered anybody. Somebody says, oh, I went out and I did such and so and I just had a good time. Yeah, waking up unconscious in your own vomit. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? But that's what the world will give you. That's what the flesh will give you. That's what the devil will give you. And you'll call it fun, but it's not fun. You know what? John R. Rice used to preach a message. It was called, All Satan's Apples Have Worms. And he was right. All Satan's Apples Have Worms. There's a price tag on everything the world, the flesh, and the devil offers you and it will cost you more than you ever could imagine. No, no, no. I tell you, the right way to go, the best way to go, is to get saved the Bible way. And then let the Lord live through you. Live the Christian life to the fullest. And experience the goodness of God. I've been places. I've been with people. I've experienced experiences in this life I never would have had were it not for Jesus Christ. And so she brought her gifts. And the Bible says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. See, now preacher, you, just, you are a Baptist. I am, yes, I confess. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am a Baptist preacher. And I believe that God's people ought to give. And I can prove to you, if you don't give voluntarily, God will get it some other way. He absolutely will. He'll get, he'll get that tithe. He will. So we ought to tithe. That's the Lord's. It belongs to Him. And, and you come on into the local church, and this is a good place to give. All right, on top of that, we, we, don't, we don't give above the tithe because we are compelled, but we give above the tithe because we prove our love thereby. That's what it says in the New Testament. So she came and she brought spices 
And I, I'm sure if we were to take time and talk about spices, my, my wife's great cook, and many of you out here, my, what you cooked for the Beast Feast, what you cooked for the Thanksgiving family dinner that we had, what you cooked for all of our gatherings, there, is, there are no better cooks on the planet. I mean, you can go to the best restaurants, so-called best restaurants. It won't be better than the food that we get here at Central Baptist Church. I'm a living, breathing testimony of that goodness. All right, but, but spices, great spices. And those spices were what she brought. They had great value. And we could, we could talk about this, but I just want to say that when we are happy people, when we're joyful people, when we're glad to be serving Jesus, and our Solomon, Jesus Christ, is imparting His wisdom through the Word of God so that our daily lives are impacted positively. We don't always have a sad sack story. We don't always have a downcast look. Even in our sorrows, we can smile through the tears. Even through our difficulties, we can smile and say, God brought me through. God's bringing me through. I'm coming through by the grace of God. Praise the Lord by the grace of God. Now, if you're not singing that song, you got the wrong song. You need that song. You need to sing that song. Amen. Come on. Come on, preacher. Sing that song. I, grace, by grace, I came through. I'm going to make it through. By God's grace, I'm going to make it through. Yes, there's tears and toil. And yes, there is sorrow. And yes, there are difficulties in this world. You want to know why? Because this isn't heaven. This is the run-up. This is the warm-up. This is the staging area. We're getting ready for heaven. We get to heaven, there'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more doctor bills. There'll be no more taxes to pay. Glory to God. We won't have to endure one more political campaign. Hallelujah, glory to God, amen. All right. So what do we do? We're happy, we're serving the Lord. We bring our gifts to Jesus. And then we read about the vastness of this great Solomon's kingdom. He had a lot of things going on. I got to tell you, as vast as the kingdom of Solomon was, the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shall be without end, without limitation. God is not broke. God is not incapable. God doesn't say, well, I'm a little short today. I can't come up with it. I, want, I don't want you lining up after the service and asking me for something. But I, I'm telling you right now that there are times in my life when, when we have perhaps been a little shorter financially than we are. But I got to tell you, every time, no matter where we were serving God, if your motive, if your heart is right, God supplies all your needs. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread in the streets. I can say as one of his servants, that has been our joy. And there were times when he made a very meager fare taste like something much more vast. But... He's always supplied our needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's going to take care of you too. You say, I'm going through a thing. I'm going through a difficulty. I'm going through a period of time. Hang on. Hang in there. Draw from God's storehouse of grace, His resources. Hang in there. God's never, never, never late. He's never early. He's always right on time. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but praise God, I know I'm preaching to a bunch of people today. God's got you. He's got you covered. He's got you taken care of. Over in the model prayer, I don't want you to turn there now. 
in the Gospels. It's called the Lord's Prayer by some people, but it's the model prayer. Jesus teaches us to pray. And He says, give us this day our daily bread. That may seem to be a humble request for just the meager minimum. But it actually is also a reminder of the vastness of God's supply and resources because He is supplying everybody's need. He isn't going over here and taking away from somebody and giving to somebody else. He's supplying everybody's need. What does it say? My God shall supply some of your needs, most of your needs, 99%? No, all your needs. How many of your needs has He promised to supply? Say it. All, all, all. Spurgeon reminds us the needs of, of God's people are multiplied many times over. He takes care of all of His creatures. And He does so in a single day. In Psalm 36, 8, They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. That's a single day. That's huge. Solomon had so much going on that the queen of Sheba herself, a monarch, was blown away by all of that vastness, by all of those resources. She marveled at the number of servants who feasted. But what is this compared with the hospitality of God's great, indescribable, unsearchable grace? Think about that. Not only are we fed, but our needs are supplied and we are sustained and our spiritual needs being among the greatest of these. Greater than my physical hunger right now. If your stum stomach is rumbling and rolling because it's been a while since you ate, i got to tell you, you have a greater need than your stomach's need. That need is a little deeper. I'm talking about your soul's need. You need to be fed in your soul. And God will meet your need and He'll feed your soul. You say, I'm hungry. You cry out to God. He said, I promised I'd supply all of your need. You thought we were just talking about drumsticks and wings and you thought we were talking about slices of roast beef and ham and all that's good and all of that happens as God supplies the need. But that's not the major need. The major need today is to have your soul filled. For decades in Eastern Europe and Russia, they had a vacuum where that soul that only Jesus Christ can fill Lay, there was a vacuum. There was an emptiness. When that curtain fell, we had some preachers come by and they said, now it's a little different. You can't just go in there and say, all right, one, two, three, four, pray this prayer because people needed background. They had no concept. They had been 70 years without the public level that we have, consciousness, talking about, thinking about God. So all these verses, I had one preacher that I respected very much. He was one of my mentors. He said, he said Brad, you've got to give him about 85 verses on God, who He is, and what His attributes are before you can even start talking about the plan of salvation. I thought, my, 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 how wonderful it is in the United States of America. Now, I know we got the world, we got the flesh, we got the devil, but greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. I know things are getting worse and worse and darker and darker and the clouds are rolling in. And if we don't stand up and do something, this place is gone. God has allowed this nation to stand for over 200 years. And why have we stood? Because God looked down and He said, In my sovereignty, I want you to take the gospel to all the world. It's your turn, United States of America. 
It's not so we could have two, three, four vehicles. It's not, I mean, if you do, fine. It's not because we ought to have so much money, we ought to have so much stuff, we ought to have so many clothes, we ought to have so many houses. That's okay, that's all right in its place. If you remember, God is first. He didn't give us all of that just so that we could lavish it on ourselves. He said, there's some gypsy folks over there in Eastern Europe. They hardly have anything at all. They go from place to place. And not just most people, everybody hates them. Everybody talks down to them. Precious gypsy souls. When they hear about their sin debt, and they hear that Jesus died on the cross, they begin to weep copious tears. Yeah, they feel it deeply. Christ died for them. And how many cars have we got? And how much money we got in our portfolio? How many suits of clothing we got hanging in our... Come on now. God said, it's your turn, United States of America. It's your turn. You bless the world. You bless the world. And here we are. Let's see. I got one, two, three, four, five, ten of this, twelve of this, fifteen of this, twenty of this. And they're over there and they haven't got anything. They haven't got anything. We can at least give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's always enough of Jesus Christ. There's always enough for each of us. Always enough for all of us. There's enough forevermore for everybody's need to be not just satisfied, but as the psalmist said, abundantly satisfied with fatness. Think of that. Think of that. Mephibosheth, his little crippled boy, grew up to be a crippled man, and he comes dragging himself in, and he's holding his head down because he's in Saul's lineage. And in those days, why, you killed off all of the other dynasties. You know, you killed them off. You killed them off. And he comes in, and David says, you're going to eat at my table. Not only am I not going to kill you, you're going to eat at my table. Why should you have anything to do with me, such a dead dog as I am? You're going to eat at my table all of your life. And he took care of him and those that came after him. Our David, our Solomon, Jesus Christ, is looking after all of the throwaways. Now to God, listen to me, to God there are no throwaways. Amen. Come on. I don't care who you pass by this week. Who you see, where, whatever circumstances they're in. Throwaways. No, there are no throwaways to God. Papa, why did you give that man a track with money in it? Because there's no throwaways to God. There's no throwaways to God. Lord, forgive us for looking at people and categorizing them and designating them I'm not worthy to be here, but because of Jesus Christ, I belong. I get to sit at the king's table. <laughs> I get to eat from King Jesus' table. I'm feasting on the manna from the bountiful supply. I get to sit with King Jesus. I get to feast at his table. And I'm not just talking about in the by and by. I'm talking about in the now and now. I get to feast with King Jesus because He loved me so much. He gave Himself for me. And He loves the person next to you. And He loves the person down the 
row from you and He loves the person down the block from you. He loves all of them. He loves the person that treated you mean, the person that treats you bad, the person you think ill of. He loves that person. He loves the person that's on the other side politically that you don't agree with, but He loves that person. He loves you. He loves everybody. Listen, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Queen of Sheba came to see Solomon said, the half was not told me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Say, preacher, something in the message spoke to my heart today. Slip your hand up high. Let me see it. Come on. Something spoke to my heart. Yes. Amen. My God shall supply how many of your needs? All your needs. According to His riches and glory. God's not broke. And if there's some spiritual hunger that you have or some other need that you have, bring it to the Savior. He wants you to come into His presence with singing, with thanksgiving. He wants you to enter His courts with praise. So do that today. I'm going to ask you to come in just a moment. Don't, don't just stop and say, well, you know what? <clears throat> I got a little something from the Word today. Listen, if God spoke to your heart today, then you come and find a place and thank God. Come into His presence. And I'm going to ask you today, if you have a need, to come to the Lord and don't be bashful about it. One commentator has said we should all be bold beggars. We should come boldly to the throne of grace. Come, come. Whatever, whatever is needed in God's perfect will, don't be ashamed to ask. We have not because we ask not. Don't be ashamed to come and ask. Ours is a miracle working God. Why do we sell Him short? Why, why do we think it's more spiritual for us not to come? I want you to do that today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Young people... Adults alike, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, then right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's what you pray from your heart, but mean it. Pray silently. Dear God, just pray from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior, as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Who here today would say, I just prayed that prayer and I meant it. Slip your hand up high. Let me see it right now.